MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Fast Track. I'm your host, Scott Benjamin, and today we are going to um, take a little bit of a, a turn, I guess. We're going we're gonna to talk about some, a lot of different things, really. This is going to um, have kind of a, a broad scope in this one, and, uh, and I think it's something that almost everybody, at least anybody listening here, uh, will be able to relate to, and uh, that is automotive bucket lists. And I know a lot of people have heard of bucket lists before. It's, you know, those things that you want to do before you die, which sounds awful, but, uh, you know, the things that you want to do before you die. And a lot of people have things like, you know, skydiving or they want to go to France or they want to, um, you know, usually it involves a lot of travel. Usually it involves um, some experiences and that type of thing. But I want to I want to focus today on automotive bucket lists. And this could be just about anything. And uh, I've talked to several people about, you know, some things that they might want to do, you know, automotive related before they are, are too old to do them, you know, too old to drive or, you know, before they uh, kind of lose interest in this sort of thing. Because I think that might happen with a lot of people as well. You know, you just, uh, you, you kind of age out of this thing, you know, you get a little bit more um, um, responsible, you know, maybe, or you get, you um, you know, to the point where you realize that, uh, you know, maybe you don't necessarily want to drive, you know, 300 miles per hour on the salt flats anymore uh, because, you know, you're uh, you're 80 years old and your reaction time might not be the uh, the, the best that it, or the, the way that it was, you know, 30 years prior or anything, something like that. Um, but anyway, so there's, there's a huge variety here of things that we can talk about. And I've I've recently done something that I want to talk about in particular, and uh, and I just can't say enough about it and I'm not going to uh, I'm not trying to sell this this package or this deal to anybody by any means but it it is something that that I did recently that that I want to talk about it was a driving experience and uh, and I'll get into that too but before I talk about my own experience I want to talk about you know some of these experiences that you know people that I know have have you know been able to do in the past and and this is kind of inspiration for me to do this sort of thing as well and I was excited about it when I heard about it and uh, you know when you see somebody else that does something like this and you know they you hear the story 
stories that they they, they tell you of, of what it was like. Um, that's pretty interesting. It's it's always fun, and it kind of gets you thrilled, you know, to do the same thing, or it kind of gets you amped up a little bit to do, to maybe go out and you know experience some of this stuff yourself. And what I'm talking about in particular is uh, is the, I guess these driving packages or these experiences that you can purchase for a day or an hour or you know even just a couple of laps or whatever you know at various race courses around the United States or around the world really. And um, the ones that, that I'm talking about are, um, you know, exotics or maybe it's, you know, like uh, drift cars or it could be, you know, it could be classic cars. It could be just about anything. There's experiences out there for, for just about every type of, of uh, you know, race series that, that is out there um, or um, every type of vehicle that is out there, uh, including manufacturers. Sometimes manufacturers will even host these that allow you to drive some of their top-end vehicles, you know, all the way down, down through some of the, the lower-end models just to, you know, be familiar with, you know, what, the, what they have on their showroom floors at the time. My dad is the one that I want to talk about who has done this most recently. And this is a, a year ago Father's Day. We gave him as a gift a, um, a NASCAR experience. And this he lives in Michigan. And uh, this is happening at the Michigan International Speedway. And you, you're allowed to get into an actual NASCAR car. Uh, you know, it has every, it's a race vehicle. It's detuned quite a bit, I think. You know, it's, it's kind of governed down so that, you know, you're not going to maximum speed, you know, like as they would in the, in the, the professional series. But um, it's, it's for a user experience that, you know, you can buy a package for, you know, a half day, half hour, half, you know, what, whatever the increment of time it was. I can't remember how many hours it was that he was there, but um, got several laps in in a true NASCAR car and really enjoyed the heck out of it. It was a, a lot of fun. And um, there's a couple of particulars that, uh, that were interesting in this one, and I'll tell you about them later, but my brother did one as well. Um, he did one where, you know, you go to a parking lot and you get to drive in an exotic car, and I don't know how many laps you get to do in this thing. You know, it's just kind of an autocross course with cones, and, uh, you know, the dangerous part about this one, <laughs> to me anyways, is that, you know, there are light poles and uh, some concrete barriers and things like that around that I would be a little bit concerned about if I was him, but uh, he loved it. He was able to drive a Ferrari and was able to, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I guess not push it to the maximum or anything like that, but uh, but really kind of feel what that car is capable of. My uh, my father-in-law, he did one also that was a uh, Ferrari, but he also did his at MIS. They both live in Michigan, my, my dad and my father-in-law. And uh, that was a birthday gift, I think, from his wife. And he was able to drive a Ferrari 488 GTB. And uh, he drove something like 150 miles per hour on the track. And it was uh, just, you know, like, Super quick accelerating car, you know, zero to sixty in in like two point eight seconds or something like that. Uh, really quick. It was just a, a thrill for him. He's a Corvette owner, so he has a um, a Corvette, you know, that he drives not daily, but you know, he drives it often enough. And uh, he said it's a night and day difference between the Corvette and the Ferrari. He said it was just an incredible feeling, you know, great sensation to be able to do something like that. And and honestly, you know, these packages, I know that they're kind of expensive. They cost you know a couple hundred bucks when you when you do them. But um, and I thought up until the point that I decided to do my own experience or, you know, I, I received it as a gift. I was thrilled with it. I kind of thought, well, that, that seems like it might be kind of a waste of money. And I, I think a lot of people feel that way, that, you know, why would I spend 350 or 400 or even $500 or more on something that only lasts a couple of hours? You don't get to keep the car by any means, obviously. You don't get to drive it for the full day. You don't even get to drive it and show off to your friends or anything, you know, drive it around, you know, 
the city that you uh, you live in, unless you're renting a car for the day, which is something totally different. Um, but these experiences allow you to kind of push that car to the maximum, and you've got you know professional instructor there with you, and um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And and I'll be honest with you, I, I at first I thought well, that's an awful lot of money because the experience that I did, um, the Porsche driving experience here in Atlanta, and the price was somewhere around three hundred and sixty-five dollars, I think, at the time, uh, three fifty somewhere around there. And again, it was a gift, and I thought, oh boy, it's it's really it, it's an expensive gift. I, I I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. Three hundred and sixty dollars worth, you know, <laughs> in just the small amount of time that you get. You only get an hour on the track, and um, you think that that's not enough time really to fully experience the vehicle. But I was completely wrong, and I'll tell you why in just a moment after we take a break for a word from our sponsor. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we're back. And just before the break, we were talking about how I had gone to the uh, the Porsche driving experience here in Atlanta. And uh, this is kind of a big deal around here. And I would guess that, you know, any town that something like this appears in, it kind of becomes a big deal. It, it happens right down by the airport. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get this as a gift. And I'm so thankful that I got it. I I'd probably, it's something that I would not have, have done on my own. I don't think I would have spent my own money initially to do this. But now, now I feel like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go back again. I know I'm going to go back again for this because it was so thrilling. It was just so, it was such a, a fantastic day that uh, it's, it's hard to even wrap your mind around it if you haven't ever done something like this. It's all you can think about, all you can talk about. It's all it's just it's a, it's an incredible experience and it's an immersive experience, which is really really cool. And I think that a lot of them are this way. I'm not so sure that uh, you know the one like my brother did where you know it's a couple laps in a parking lot in a in an exotic is the same way. It's sure it's thrilling, it's fun, but. 
It's not exactly what you get when you go to something like what I did here at the Porsche Experience and what other people have done with, uh, you know, the NASCAR experiences that happen, you know, at some of the bigger tracks. I don't know if, you know, like some of the other tracks do it. I know Michigan International Speedway does it up in Michigan, uh, but I don't know if, you know, like Talladega or Daytona or any of those do it. I, I think that there are some of these across the United States at different places that you can go to, and they are more immersive. Uh, you go through a little bit of a schooling process, you know, where they t- teach you exactly what to expect when you get out there, et cetera. Um, th- that's where this one that I'm going to tell you about differs a little bit. But you do get trained on them. You do get, you know, the an idea of what what to do, some of the rules of the uh, of the the racing, uh, because you are out there with other people on the track at the same time. It's not that you know you're the only one out there, um, and that makes it even more exciting for a lot of people. You know, you're getting past, you're passing. It's just a, it, it gives an, another level to it. You know, the whole uh, different experience. Again. And this one that I did, if you and I, I'm not selling this by any means, but if you go to the uh, the Porsche Experience um, Atlanta or search the keyword, and you'll find you know exactly what I'm talking about here. You can look at a map of the course that they have, which is it's huge. It's right by the airport here in Atlanta, and they have several of these. They have one, I believe it's in California. They have one in Alabama, and they have one in um, I'm sorry, Louisiana rather, and here in Atlanta, of course. And uh, they have uh, for the track. I mean, it's it's enormous. It really is. It's a great big facility, and there's a an office space down there as well. Uh, so people work on the property, you know, daily, Monday through Friday, nine to five, whatever. But the track is also there. And what's really interesting about this, you can you can look at online and look at the map. And um, it's I think it's over 1.6 miles of track that they have. And there's several different modules or experiences that you can do within this track. There isn't a separate off-road circuit. So if you're looking at one of the uh, one of the off-road vehicles, you know, the um, uh, the SUVs that that Porsche makes, you can do that. But the stuff that I was doing was, you know, the road course, and there's some low-friction handling circuits and things like that. And I'll tell you about those in just a second. But this is one of those experiences where, um, again, I, I don't think I would have paid for this on my own, but I was so happy to get it as a gift. And, and I went on St. Patrick's Day in 2018, so it's been over a year since I've been there, and I still think about it a lot. I mean, it's something that I want to go back and do again. Um, if you look at the vehicles, you can choose many, many different vehicles, you know, all of the Porsche lineup, and, and it varies in cost from, I, gosh, I think it gets it's really, really expensive up at the top end. But if you scroll all the way to the bottom, and this is not not a knock on anybody who bought me this gift, I'll tell you that. I, I was able to get into the uh, the 718 Boxster, and I think I was in the Boxster S, actually, for about $365. That's what I, I said. And it's an hour and a half. It's a 300-horsepower car. Uh, zero to 60 is in 4.5 seconds. The top speed is around 170 miles per hour. You're not going that fast in this course, but you, you're not even going to notice that. You don't... I'll tell you, the whole time that I was doing this, I don't think I ever looked at the speedometer. It just wasn't a concern. And I know you think that that's uh, it's kind of counterintuitive because you're in a Porsche, you're on a racetrack, you think you would want to know how fast you're going. It's more of a sensation thing. It's more of uh, how you feel when you're going that fast and you're learning. You've got an instructor next to you that's, that's kind of teaching you the way. The whole thing right from the very beginning, as soon as you get there, uh, you walk out on the tarmac and you get in your car. You don't have to go to a, a course. You don't have to go to like, you know, an hour long course. So this hour and a half that we're talking about, you know, that you're purchasing is a true hour and a half in the car. You're in the seat for an hour and a half, and, and it's amazing. It's more time than you could you could even imagine. I mean, it feels like you're in there half the day, really. It, it does feel like a long, long time, and uh, and that's really good because, because you get to do just about everything. Uh, this course that that I was on, or the uh, you know the driving experience here in Atlanta. Again, it's right. At, it's on the property of the airport. Uh, so you've got you know huge jets flying overhead. It's really it's it's a really interesting 
and and beautiful setup that they have. It's a it's a really pretty course if you want to put it that way. There is a um, there's a one mile handling circuit, which is uh, you know the, uh, like a big racetrack that goes all the way around, and that's kind of like your uh, well, it's like a t- I guess where you kind of max out the car really. I mean, you, you're able to to test the cornering, you're able to test the acceleration, the, the braking, all of that, and uh, and they will kind of help you along as you go, and you know like tell you points to look at. This is your your target point. You're going to want to look at this as you accelerate and then brake really hard right here. It, you know, that kind of instruction is being given to you for several laps until you get the hang of it, and then they kind of let you go on your own, with the instructor still next to you, of course. Uh, they also have a uh, wet or a low-friction circle, which is kind of an inward-sloping, polished concrete area that has water spraying onto it, and uh, that's where you can kind of uh, test out your drifting capabilities, you know, your your abilities, I should say. Um, they also have a low-friction handling circuit, which is, imagine that same material, that, that polished concrete, you know, that's slick and, you know, it's got water spraying on it. Imagine a, a low friction handling circuit which has you know several off camber turns and, and turns that are that are sloped the right way and the opposite way so that you know the back end slides out and you can test you know understeer oversteer in this area and it's it, that's really challenging that's a very difficult part of it and it's a very small part of the course but um, again it's it's uh, it's very challenging you can do that over and over again there's also I mentioned the you know the off-road circuit that's one thing I didn't get to the off-road circuit obviously in the car that I was in the the boxster s there is also a dynamics area which is um, where you test uh, the launch control, and you can do kind of a slalom course, you know, with with cones set up, and uh, they tell you how to do that. They, you know, there's there's a lot of fun things about each one of these, and I'll I'll tell you about that as as we get to it here. And then there's also something. This is maybe one of my favorite parts of this whole thing. And it's hard to judge, you know, which one was my favorite part, but they have something called a kick plate, and I'll tell you about the kick plate in just a moment. But when you first get in the vehicle, so when you start this whole thing, you get right in the car and you head out on the course, and they tell you, you know, watch for traffic, you know, when you when you're passing somebody. Um, you always you always wait for my instruction to pass, you know, because they have communication between the vehicles. There are other cars on the course, and there are other uh, different types of vehicles on the course. So, you know, there'll be 911s out on the course. There'll be Boxsters out on the course at the same time. There's going to be Panameras out on the course. Um, this place, this facility allows you to, if you want to, you can pick up your brand new Porsche there and you can get uh, kind of a little bit of instruction with your new vehicle and pick up your vehicle from this facility if you want to, if you've, if you've ordered it here in town or, you know, somewhere nearby that you want to do this um, so that, you know, you get a little bit of experience behind the wheel in this performance vehicle before you take it home, which I think is really cool. So you can have new delivery of your vehicle there or you can just test out all these vehicles. So let's say that you go to the dealership and you want to know what it's like to drive a GT3. Um, you can do that. It's going to cost cost quite a bit of money to be able to do that, but uh, you can go and drive, you know, their ultimate top-end vehicle. Um, again, it's going to cost quite a bit more than, you know, the Boxster experience, but, uh, you know, there's every level in between there as well. So, you know, choose which one you find most interesting to you or the one that you want to do the most. The Boxster was plenty, I'll tell you, to get the full experience. You don't need to worry about that. It's it's a lot of fun. And to be honest, you know, the first thing that you do is you go out on the uh, the, the one-mile handling circuit, and you, you don't take it slow, but you go slower than you will later in the day obviously, on your first lap, first couple of laps maybe, as the instructor gives you instruction, you know, where you should be and how to follow the right, the, the appropriate lines around the track. And uh, I'll tell you, that when I first started this, it was, a, it was a dry morning, but it was cloudy, overcast. 
And uh, eventually later in the day, it began to rain, and I thought that would just kind of ruin the experience, but it did not. It actually made it more interesting to have like half of the day in the dry weather, half the day in the uh, the wet weather. And uh, later, you know, you got so much experience on this course that uh, some of the times on the wet course were just as fast, if not faster, than on the dry track at the beginning of the day because you become more familiar with the vehicle and you're able to drive it even even uh, uh, push it more to its maximum, I guess, um, in a lot of ways. And uh, so we start out on the um, the handling circuit and you just go pretty much, I mean, you feel like you're going flat out. It's it's unbelievable how quick you can go on this. And, and the feeling of being able to do that in a controlled environment, you know, with uh, with an instructor near you and, you know, you've got the insurance on the car and everything and you feel good about it and you feel comfortable with it. Um, they allow you to kind of push it a little further. And if you're hitting your marks, they allow you to go a little bit faster. They allow you to push it a little bit harder and they kind of back off in the instruction and allow you to do what you want to do with the car. And uh, and that's all very, very helpful. It's just, it's a it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. So you do several laps of that. And then they take you to all these different modules. You know, the, maybe they'll take you over to the Dynamics area next and allow you to do a, a launch control start, which I completely flubbed the first time I tried it. You know, it was, it was, it's a little bit more difficult to do than you might think. And it, it sounds really easy. You know, you just mash down the, the brake and then you turn on certain uh, traction control, turn off traction control. I don't remember what it was. I, he was operating all that. I was just focused on getting the thing to go fast and straight. And and um, I know it sounds funny, but like all the ga- electronic gadgetry, you can kind of just ignore all of that, you know, and just experience the drive and the feel of this whole thing. And that's that's really so much fun to do. So I flubbed the, the launch control in the first time, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> a spectacular failure on that one. But uh, but the second attempt was really good and, and the third and fourth. And they allow you to do this as many times as you want because, again, you have an hour and a half ahead of you. And... We started to kind of make our way around different things, and we went to the you know the low friction circle and kind of practiced that a little bit, and the low friction handling circuit, and they tell you what to expect in each one, and you know when you're supposed to accelerate, what you're supposed to do, if you're supposed to stab at the brake, or if you're supposed to slowly push the brake, and that type of thing. You know that type of instruction is given to you all along the way, so you feel very very comfortable with it. And maybe the second or third time through uh, each one of these modules, you know you're on your own. You just do it, and uh, and it, be- it becomes more and more intuitive as you do it. You go back to the dynamics area, you can do the slalom course, and the fun thing about that is that they tell you the first time, or at least my instructor did, tells me to do it how I think I should do it. You know, do the slalom how I felt that I should drive through there uh, to do it fastest, and I did, and it was terrible. Did it slow. You know, it, it wasn't very quick at all. Um, we go back to the beginning, and he gives me, uh, right away, gives me like two or three tips to go faster, and it immediately works. I mean, it's it's incredible how quickly someone can teach you from the passenger seat how to do something better, and and it works. And you do it, you know, two or three times, and by the end of that two or three times, you feel like a real pro. I mean, it's it's funny, but you gain knowledge and experience that quickly in that vehicle, and you, and you have that much more confidence to be able to do it. And, you know, one thing that I want to mention here is that, you know, I, I said early on that the kick plate was one of my favorite things. I think that, you know, the um, uh, the, the one-mile handling circuit, of course, is going to be fun because, you know, you're really pushing the car and it's, it's fast and it's fun. It's exciting and everything. The kick plate is something different. The kick plate is all about control. And the kick plate is a big, flat piece of uh, a pavement. And I believe it says, you know, Porsche. It's written in red on the on the ground next to you and everything. It looks, it looks really dramatic when you see it from a distance. You know, it's really interesting. There's water spraying on it from all different angles. It's actually, it's really, it's beautiful. You know, there's green grass all around it. It's really pretty. And as you, what you do is you drive across, or you start very close to the kick plate, 
and you drive into it at, it doesn't sound like very, very fast, but maybe 20 to 30 miles per hour at the most. That's the fastest you'll go. And as your car travels over a certain section of the concrete, which is about maybe four or five feet, uh, you know, in length and uh, um, wide, it's, you know, two cars wide maybe at the most. And as you drive across it, as soon as your when your rear wheels are on top of the kick plate, it throws you either left or right. It, it shifts one way or the other, and you don't know which way it's going to go, and it's not controlled by the uh, the person in the passenger seat. It's just completely random. You can't watch the car in front of you and determine which way it's going to go. There's no pattern to it. It's all, it's all randomly selected. So you're going onto this polished concrete surface at 20 or 30 miles an hour in a rear-wheel drive car, you know, mid-engine in this case, and there's a rear engine too. The uh, the back end of the car, as you travel across, will suddenly either be thrown left or right, and you don't know which way it's going to be. And they just allow uh, – this is, again, the fun part of this is that, you know, they allow you to drive onto this thing first, and they tell you what's going to happen, but they don't tell you how to handle it. You know, they, they allow you to figure it out the first time. So the first time you do it, the car – let's say the car, the back end slides out to the left, and immediately you try to correct, and, and you do the wrong thing. The car spins out. You know, it does a full 360, maybe even more if you're going fast enough, and uh, you kind of slowly, slowly get control of the car again and then and then pull it out. And it's tough to even get traction on this polished concrete that's all wet now, of course. And you uh, you kind of circle your way back around, you know, go to the, to the right and drive back around in line, get in line to do it again. And so there's spectators watching this, and everybody's up, you know, on an, on an upper-level deck watching, and it all looks fun, and it's ex- kind of exciting to see the car spinning, and, you know, that's it's, it's interesting to watch in all different types of Porsches, right? So the next time you go around to do it, they, they give you a little bit of a tip, and here's the trick to the whole kick plate thing, so if you're ever doing this. You watch... Dead ahead of you, there's a there's a blue wall, I believe, that says Porsche somewhere off in the distance. And if you look at that when you're doing when you're doing this kick plate demonstration or this this uh, this this module, um, if you look at that and you just keep your eyes focused on that uh, that wall that's dead ahead, no matter what happens to the back end of the car, if you steer towards that wall, if you try to correct uh, to get you know, as if you're going to go directly at that wall. Every time you will straighten it out immediately. You won't. Uh, you won't spin out. It, the The goal is to not spin out on this thing. So you're going 30 miles across it. Back end goes left or right. You try to control it, or you do control it on the second or third time, even through. And uh, if you don't spin out, that's the that's the best part, right? That's the uh, you've done this successfully. If you do spin out, you you've been unsuccessful. So <laughs> after the whole day of of doing this, you know, I got I got pretty decent at it after two or three times, and I wanted to do it many many times, so I did. I did it several times in a row because you get the option to go back and kind of play around on some of these modules however you want. You got so much time. My family is up watching me on the the upper deck, and I spun out the first time, and they thought that was really cool. The second time, they said, "Why didn't you spin out?" You know what? They thought that was the object of that part of the uh, of that part of the course because everybody was doing it. Everybody was spinning out, and it looked all dramatic and fun. Uh, but that was not the goal of that. The goal was to remain in control and keep the car, you know, headed straight. And the idea, I guess, is that you know, if you do have that one point ahead, you know, that that optical point that you're you're staring you're staring at that one point, and and uh, you're able to correct and, and maintain control. You're not going to have that uh, um, you know, that under or oversteer condition that you would have if you just didn't have control. The vehicle. It's just it's a fascinating day at the track. It's so much fun, and and I had so much time left over. You know, once we had done all these modules, that I was able to pick and choose, and I was able to go back on the the road handling circuit. You know, and, and do that as many times as I wanted, as fast as I wanted. Of course, at that time it's it's raining, and I was a little bit nervous about it, but. Um, 
God, it was just, it was so much fun. What a day. I mean, you can't believe the adrenaline rush you have or the high that you feel the rest of that day from doing something like that. And I would encourage you, and this is just, you know, my, my one experience with this whole thing, but I would encourage you if, if you can or if you have somebody in your life that, you know, would, would like something like this, would, would enjoy a similar situation. Maybe, it's the, maybe it is the NASCAR thing. Maybe it is just driving a, an exotic at the, uh, at the mall on an autocross course or, you know, whatever. I would encourage you to do stuff like this. I mean, it, it's so much fun, and it's something that I will probably remember the rest of my life. I don't think I can ever forget uh, my day there. And if I go to do it again, it's going to be a different experience. It's going to be a different vehicle. It's going to be a different, uh, um, you know, weather conditions. It's going to be a different altogether. It, it's still going to stand out as, you know, the first one was, was still its own separate thing that was really fascinating and fun and exciting. And the second one will be something completely different and, and equally exciting. It's just, it's, it's worthwhile to do it. I know it's a little expensive. Uh, you know, it's still a couple hundred dollars to do something like this, and it sounds outrageous. But if there is, again, if there's somebody in your life that, that loves this type of thing, any of these experiences that you can find across the U.S., across the world, wherever it happens to be, these type of days are worth it in, in somebody's life if they are, um, you know, an auto enthusiast, you know, or even maybe somebody who just wants to give it a shot and, you know, check that off their, their bucket list maybe. And in fact, let's, uh, let's, let's take a break for a word from our sponsor. We'll come back and talk about a few more of these automotive bucket list items that, uh, that might interest some people that are, you know, car guys, car girls. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we're back 
back, and you're listening to The Fast Track. I'm your host, Scott Benjamin. And just before we left, we were talking about the, uh, I guess, the, the Porsche driving experience and my experience on the track. And I, I hope none of that really came across as bragging. I mean, it was just it's just so much fun that you can't help but talk about it once you do it. And, uh, and I hope that... You know, a lot of you out there uh, get the chance to do something like that. If if not as you know a gift, you know from somebody else. If you know, it's maybe it's a, a gift idea uh, that you can kind of float out there for you know Christmas or your birthday or whatever it happens to be, Father's Day, something like that. If you can do it, I'd say I'd say definitely get yourself out to do it. You know, whether it happens to be something that's uh, you know localized to where you are. You know, we're, we're here in Atlanta, so it's relatively easy for me to get to that uh, that Porsche experience. But there's you know Skip Barber schools all over the place. You can go to many NASCAR tracks where they have NASCAR experiences, like my dad did. And I want to mention one thing about that in just a moment because there was there's something really different and interesting about that one that I, I had never heard of before until until then. I was just amazed by what they could do. I'll get back to that. I promise, but uh, <laughs> you can go to uh, rally schools, you can go to drift schools, you can go to all kinds of different schools and, and check this stuff out. It doesn't necessarily mean a huge time commitment either. Uh, some of this can be just a few hours, it can be, you know, a half day, it could be a weekend experience, you know, whatever it happens to be, but we're not talking about something where you have to enroll and, you know, spend a month doing. Uh, this is just, you know, getting out there and getting some seat time and getting, you know, that that uh, adrenaline flowing through your body a little bit and, and feeling good about your hobby, about your interest, about your excitement. You know, it's it's something I felt like maybe this is uh, wandering a little bit off track here, but um, I'm going to anyways just for a minute. You know, listeners of, of Car Stuff will remember that I had a yeah I had a a, um, a project car, and uh, and the project car of course uh, went the way as most project cars do. That uh, you know I never really found enough time or money to put into it, and uh, it just never really went anywhere. And I ended up donating it to a uh, children's charity in the end, and I felt really good about doing that. It, it helped out a lot of people, so. Um, it worked out well. You know, it was always a, a car that I always kind of dreamed of taking out on the road and driving. And, you know, I thought it was going to be more of an experience, I guess. And, and I wasn't getting, you know, the experience that I thought I was going to get out of this thing. It was just parked in the garage, kind of taking up space for a long, long time. And um, I never got, you know, the, the feeling that I, that I really wanted to get out of having a toy like that. And a lot of people have toy cars or they have a fascination or they have, you know, a car that they even drive daily that they just love. Like my wife drives a Jeep Wrangler that she absolutely loves. She's, she's always wanted to have a Wrangler. Again, she had one in the past and she she finally bought one recently and, and just loves the thing, and just enjoys driving it every day. And I think that's fantastic. And if you can do that, if you can get a, you know, a Corvette or you can get whatever type of car it is, maybe it's a luxury car that you really enjoy a lot and, and you enjoy driving that vehicle and you can get out and do that and have fun in it. That's really what's important. And, and I wasn't getting that type of feeling from, you know, my project vehicle. And a lot of people, I think, are stuck in that same position. It's almost like it's not it's not hurting you to have it, but it's just not providing the excitement, the thrill that you wanted it to. And so I was kind of in uh, kind of in a bad spot, I guess. You know, I just wasn't feeling too good about, you know, uh, I'm talking about all this really cool stuff every day at work, and I'm reading about all this stuff, and I'm having a lot of fun, you know, talking with other car people about things, but I wasn't getting the experience. I wasn't getting out and doing what I wanted to do in a car. And, and this Porsche driving experience, it was kind of like rekindled that fire, you know, it made me uh, more excited about it. It made me um, feel alive again, if that's, uh, you know, it's kind of a funny way to say it, but it really did make you feel alive and fresh and excited about, you know, the, the, the 
car thing is a hobby. And I've just been excited about everything since then and, you know, wanting to do it again and, and telling people about it and, you know, even, uh, again, kind of chipping in on gifts for my father, my brother, you know, that type of thing uh, so they could do these, these type of things as well. Actually, I didn't chip in on my brother. It's just my dad's. <laughs> but um, my dad's experience, getting back to that, I guess, one thing that was, it was able to happen at this NASCAR experience, he did this at MIS. And uh, that did require a little bit of, uh, you know, a schooling, I guess, ahead of time. I don't know if it was like an hour or how long it was, but he did have to go to a class to kind of learn the, the rules of the, uh, of the track and how to do it. And, um, you know, the, the safety procedures and all that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of safety procedures when you're out there. They're very careful about that. But in this, in this t- sense, he was able to go out on his own. He, there was nobody with him in the vehicle at the time. And later he did do a ride along, and I'll tell you about that too. But when he was out there on his own and driving, he had communication with a spotter. They had a spotter that was uh, up in the stands just like they would for a NASCAR race. And they were telling him if he's hitting his marks, if he's going too fast, too slow, you know, what's going on. But they do have the cars governed to a certain speed. And I don't know what that speed is. I'm I'm going to make something up now. Let's say it's 130. Let's say they got them governed to 130 to begin with, and they make sure that you're able to, to handle it at that speed. Well, as he was driving and he was doing maybe his, you know, 5, 10, or 15 laps, however many it was, I don't remember. As he was doing his laps, the spotter was realizing that he's doing a pretty good job out there, as were, you know, several other drivers. They were doing the same thing. And uh, he was hitting his marks every time that he went around. He was doing really well. And they said, this is I, this is amazing to me that they can do this. He told him that he's going to dial up the governor to uh, allow him to go a little bit faster and to be ready for it when it when it happens. And I didn't know that they could do this remotely. He didn't have to come into the pits, didn't have to do anything. Remotely, they were able to kind of up the performance level of the vehicle that he was in at that moment on the track and allow him to go faster. And he said it was a noticeable difference. He could feel it. And I don't know how many more miles per hour it, will, it allowed him to go, you know, if it was 20 or 30 more miles per hour faster. Uh, but he said it was a, a notable difference in the speed. And I was just blown away by that, that they could even do that remotely uh, and kind of allow him to go faster. And they were doing that for certain people on the track at the same time. It's just such a, a cool thing. And they're, and they're making so many advances with this stuff. It, it's just fun to get out there and do it. It's it's so much fun. And I, I know I'm, I sound like I'm gushing about all this stuff. And I, I really am because there are so many different experiences that you can do and so many interesting things that you can do. And and if you're not one to drive, let's say that you're not one that wants to go out and take the risk initially. Maybe you're, you're a little bit uh, tepid about it. You're, you're nervous about it. A lot of these have a, an experience that you can pay for that's often a lot less money that you can ride along with an instructor. And you may think that's kind of a, a, a kind of a wimpy way to start, right? But uh, that's not necessarily the case for everybody. Maybe they just want to get the uh, get out there and get the feel for it before they do it themselves. And uh, that's completely worthwhile, too, because you have a professional that knows what they're doing. They can instantly go out there and, and turn fast laps, and, and you can have a fantastic time doing that as well. Uh, my dad opted to pay a little bit extra on that same day for a ride-along with somebody because the speed was going to be so much greater. And he said it really was a, a dramatic difference in the way that the professional driver was driving versus the way he was driving. And I don't, I don't know if it came down to, you know, the way the car was governed or not, but he said, you know, you're getting close enough to the wall with a professional driver that you could reach out and almost touch the wall, or you could reach out and touch the wall if you wanted to do that at, uh, you know, 180 miles an hour or whatever it was, you wouldn't want to do that. But he said that it was it was so worth whatever the extra amount was. I think it was just kind of an add-on thing at that point. Uh, but he said it was actually worthwhile to do it, even though he had driven himself. He said it was just that much more thrilling 
to be going that much faster and you know, with somebody who had ultimate control of this thing and you know you could feel comfortable in it and really experience the track to its maximum I guess at that point or the car to its maximum but you know I again I know I sound like I'm gushing about this and I, I really am it's just it's a lot of fun I know it's not for everybody, but if you, if you do have kind of an automotive uh, checklist that you want to uh, do certain things before you pass away or too old to do them or, you know, whatever your, your situation may be, I say it's worthwhile. And whether, you know, whether that's even getting, like, I, like in my case, you know, I got that project car, but let's say that you want to buy a car that's, you know, fully operational and you, want, you, just, you just want that experience of owning something. I talked to our producer, Kurt, before the show here, and I said, do you have any kind of an automotive wish list? And he said that he has always wanted... A 1955 to 1957 Chevy, preferably a Nomad of some kind. You know, it's a beautiful car, and I agree with him. But it would be fun to own something like that at some point before you know you're done owning cars. Maybe if you want, I guess that's a, a polite way to put it. You know, before you're uh, too old to drive one, really, Kurt. Um, and I have cars like that too. I would love to, uh, you know, own a, at some point in my life. I'd love to own a Lotus vehicle. Uh, whether that happens to be, you know, a newer model or something that's older, I would love to have a Lotus 11 at some point. Um, I think just about everybody has a vehicle like that or has, you know, something that they want to do. Maybe it's a, a road trip on Route 66 or it's the Pacific Coast Highway or you want to go to Europe and drive around. You want to um, just experience driving in a car that is a left-hand drive versus a right-hand drive. Um, just, you know, whatever it happens to be, I think everybody has at least something like this that they want to do while they're driving, while they're still of driving age. And, and I think it rekindles that fire. It, it brings that spark back to your automotive interest and, and your, um, your, your enjoyment of life. And it, and it really does help. And I'm, I'm definitely going to find myself back at the, uh, at the Porsche driving experience. I know uh, sometime in the near future, probably on my own dime. I don't know if I'm going to get it as a gift anymore, but, uh, but it was so worthwhile that I will be back at some point to do that again. It was just a, it was a blast. And I recommend it to anybody that can do it. I, I really do. And, uh, you know, I know that's been a lot of information to take in today, but check around. And I'd love to hear from listeners that, you know, get out and do something like this or have a car that was kind of on a bucket list of vehicles for them or have taken a, a road trip that they've always wanted to do. Maybe it's drive to the Grand Canyon or, you know, whatever it happens to be. I would love to hear about it. And there's a couple of different ways that you can connect with us. And we're, we're on social media, of course. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are the Fast Track Pod. And on Facebook and on Instagram, we are The Fast Track Show. And we also have a new website, and that's called TheFastTrackShow.com. So if you go to TheFastTrackShow.com, you can find all of our podcasts there. And that's where we're going to archive all of this information, you know, as we grow uh, more and more podcasts in our archive. Uh, we're still early days here, but uh, we are going to get to the point where there's a lot of them there at some point. And uh, of course, you know, if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on iHeartRadio app, we would love it if you would be able to do that. You know, or just wherever you're listening to your podcast, we'd like to hear from you, you know, good or bad. We can always take some constructive criticism. We can also uh, always appreciate some some uh, compliments. That's always nice as well if you happen to have one. <laughs> appreciate if you leave it there. And uh, if you do like what you're hearing, tell your friends because we're trying to grow this audience. We're trying to get more listeners every day. And, uh, and I really do appreciate that you're here. So thank you very much. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.